So Money Episode 774, Jamila Soufran, founder of Journey to Launch. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Our guest today hopes to retire early. Jamila Soufran and her husband have saved $169,000. They live in New York City. They have three children and own two properties. Can they do it? Oh, yes, they can. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. We are in conversation today with Jamila Soufrant. She's the creator of the very popular brand, blog, and podcast, Journey to Launch. Even as Jamila lives in Brooklyn, one of the most expensive cities in the world, she and her husband have big plans to retire early, hopefully by 40. In some ways, Jamila's financial independence journey began at age 22 when she bought her first condo in Brooklyn that has now become a great investment property. But also, as the daughter of a single immigrant mother, Jamila's ambitions, I think, were shaped at a much younger age. She's now working hard on her personal brand and mission, Journey to Launch, where she's documenting her path towards early financial freedom. Excited to unleash this interview. Here we go. Here's Jamila Soufrant. Jamila Soufran, welcome to So Money Neighbor, Brooklyn Neighbor. How's it going? Hi, Farnoosh. It's so nice to have you on the show. I've been wanting to share your story with our So Money audience for a while now. You and I first got to know each other earlier this summer. We shared a panel talking about, well, all sorts of money issues at a WeWork. We gave a little nice um, presentation to some uh, some folks one evening, and I got to learn a lot about where you got your enthusiasm around money, the fact that you're also a mom of three most recently gave birth to a young baby girl. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And like you and your husband are really rock stars when it comes to managing your money. You've been profiled recently um, in Money, Business Insider, all over the internet. It makes sense that you're here now because we have a lot that we can learn from you. Going back to when you started your journey, and by the way, you're the founder of Journey to Launch. Great, (laughs) Great brand. You were raised by a single mom. And you were born in Brooklyn. You're of Jamaican background. Tell us a little bit about how your upbringing really sh- shaped your mindset around money. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Farnoosh, for having me on. I'm such a fan and like a fangirl of your work. I think you're amazing. So this is a great opportunity. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Yes. Oh, so here's the thing. So I was I was born in Jamaica. Um, actually, I know it seems like I'm like originally from Brooklyn because I'm so Brooklyn, but <laughs> I was actually born in Jamaica and I came here when I was two years old. Um, and so I was born to a single immigrant mom. She had me when she was only 20 years old, which I could not even imagine. Um, at 20, like having the responsibility of having a child because you know I'm a mother now and I couldn't. I still have issues, and I'm you know I'm in my mid 30s, so. 
having um, being brought into this world under those circumstances, you know, my mom had to actually leave me behind in Jamaica for for about two years. So she came over to the States, to New York to create a life for herself, to try and figure out what she could do before she brought me over. And again, I couldn't imagine like leaving my kids behind, you know, now that I have kids for two years to so that I can make a way. So that just shows you how much like she had to sacrifice to build a better life for myself. And so I came here at two and my mom, she really she worked minimum wage jobs. My grandmother also came when I came and she herself, just as an immigrant woman, you know, there's a lot of things you can't do. You don't have a degree. So she worked at watching children. That's mostly what you can do when you come here as an older woman. And my mom had minimum wage jobs and she just did her best to provide for me. And while she had those jobs, she also went to school to get her degree and seeing her work. So watching her as I grew up work so hard to provide for me really instilled this work ethic of, wow, I have to, I, I understand that she has to sacrifice her time to, to just provide the basics. And that made me want to work hard at school. And I had my first job at 14. And I just really understood the value of money really early because I realized that when we didn't have it, we couldn't do a lot of things. But the one thing my mom did do, which I mean, I'm just so thankful for, is that she would provide me with experiences. So although she couldn't go out and buy me the latest, you know, things that everyone else had, all the other kids had, she would try her best to, you know, we'd go to the library every week. So the free things she was all over, you know, she'd read to me every day because she saw that was something that my grandmother did for the wealthy kids she was watching. So she said, okay, maybe we can't buy books all the time, but I can read and go to the library and do that for my daughter. She also tried her best to put me in extracurricular activities. So I even did swimming when she at the YWCA and I did gymnastics. So, you know, even though she didn't have much, she wanted to make me a well-rounded person. So she did like she poured into me all these what she could. And I really appreciate that because I really think that's what built me up to the point I am today and why I had such a good start um, while I graduated from college and started on my whole personal finance career path. That's really comforting to hear in some ways, because I know that as parents, we often harbor a lot of guilt when we leave our kids, even just to go to work down the street, you know, and we're not with our kids and your mom literally left the country. Um, do you remember those days? And do you remember struggling with that as a kid? Obviously, now you reflect on your upbringing and you're really appreciative and Clearly, all things worked out. But were there moments where you really struggled with the way that your life was designed at the time? Mm, that's such a good question because at two, I did not remember her leaving me. And I like that you brought up that as mothers now or parents, you know, you're, you're sacrificing, you're working hard so you can provide for your kids or to provide a better life for them. And in the same respect, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember at two that she had left me, but now being of age, I appreciate that she did. Like, I, I appreciate the sacrifice that she made because I know that it couldn't have been easy, but she wanted to do it for to give me a better life. And so that concept of, you know, especially working moms, like having to go out and, and leave our children sometimes when we don't want to. I mean, I struggle with it now where it's just like, you know, I have to leave. I have to, I, I want to make 
journey to launch, you know, bigger and I want to be able to provide more for my family that it comes back to. But you know what? They'll understand that at one day they'll understand, even though like right now they're crying as I'm, I'm leaving, they'll understand that point. So I think now I have such a better perspective, luckily, because I didn't have much, you know, I didn't have the material things. I didn't I wasn't I didn't really want them. I know some kids when they grow up without it, they actually, you know, they do want it and they kind of grow up to, to need those things. But I lived a very simple life. And so I think that was beneficial because when it comes down to like the materialistic side of things nowadays. I'm not, I'm not that into it. I mean, that's not to say I, I, I didn't like buy more expensive things in my twenties and like I had that phase, but I think just being, being grounded so early on has really helped me on this path. You started Journey to Launch as your mission to create a community and be a real, a leader, a voice for um, a generation of women who wanted to become more financially savvy. And, you know, up until this point, you launched a, a, a short while ago, Journey to Launch. But before that, you were really like building your financial life. You were very active with real estate, you know, making more money. And you and your husband, I read in the money article that, you know, you paid, um, you saved $169,000. You're putting a lot of extra money towards your mortgage. You've refinanced your mortgage as a result of a 15 year from a 30 year. At 22, you invested in real estate in Dumbo. <laughs> You're in Brooklyn, which, you know, I mean, nowadays you can't even buy a parking space here. It's so much money. Um, why did, why was it important to you to now become a voice and a leader? for your peers? Why not just be so money in your own life? Now you want to be so money for everybody else, which I think is great. <laughs> I'm we're so happy to have you. But like, yeah. what was the impetus for that? Yeah. So, okay. My journey, like my whole launch to financial freedom and independence really, you know, it starts from, you know, being a child and watching my mom work hard and now instilling that work habit into me. But I graduated from college at 22. And I'd say the one good thing that I did at that age was I actually had the foresight to buy real estate. And so I bought real estate, bought my first property in Dumbo, which stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass for the non-New Yorkers. And I bought a studio apartment and it was pre-construction and it was before the time that Dumbo is Dumbo. So right now it's like one of the highest places to own real estate, the most expensive places. And I had the foresight, bought something pre-construction and did that at 22, which set me up really well just in terms of having a home base. And in my 20s, I've always had this idea of, you know what, I'm never going to work for anyone. After the age of 30, I had all these dreams and goals. I wanted, I always said I wanted to be a millionaire. This is before I really understood what having money like meant. And so I said, I want to be a millionaire. And I, you know, had a good paying job throughout my 20s. And I just kind of started sleepwalking through life and my finances. And instead of trying to continue on this whole goal of not working for anyone else, you know, because I thought at that time, oh, the only way I can do that is if I launch some crazy successful business, like I have to come up with the next Facebook or, you know, something huge. And I tried a couple of things that wasn't working. And so I found myself at 31 pregnant with my first child working still on my long commute. And it really was this turning point where, so typically it takes me about an hour and a half each way, which is crazy to drive to work. And this day I was pregnant. It took me four hours to get home. And now that's not a normal day, obviously. Yeah, it was crazy. And you can imagine Farnoosh being pregnant. Like it was was my first pregnancy. I I had a breakdown in the car because I was like, there is no way that I can do this, like commute this life, you know, especially with kids. Like I can't see it. And I, you know, I cried in the car. I cried when I got home to my husband and I said, I don't want to like live this life. Like, you know, I had such great like goals and dreams and, you know, it wasn't 
even just to commute because, you know, technically I could find a job closer to where I lived. But, you know, all these feelings started coming back to me about all these goals that I had for my life about just being free and doing things I loved. And that kind of led me down the path of just researching and Googling stuff. And I somehow came across um, the financial, the so the FIRE movement, the financial independent retire early movement. And I started listening to podcasts and I was like hearing these people being able to retire or at least create a life of financial independence like in 10 or 15 years. And these were regular people. You know, they weren't, you know, necessarily millionaires. They were teachers. They were um, some high income earners, some mid to low income earners, but they were doing it. So that excited me. And I was like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. So I came home to my husband and I was like, you know, this was like maybe a year or so after um, I gave birth to my first son. And I said, listen, I think we can figure something out. Like if these people can do it, let's figure out how we can do it. And so we created a plan where we would save and invest aggressively towards this goal of financial, being financially independent and being able to quote unquote retire early. I always say quote unquote, because my goal is never to like stop working. It's just to not have to work if I don't have to in corporate America. And because we started on this path, we like aggressively saved and invested. So over the past two years in 2016 and 17, $169,000. So about like half of our income, like we were saving into our pre-tax retirement accounts, post tax and like index funds. Like, you know, I was like, so gung ho, like we are going to make this happen in a few years. And so that's kind of like what all led me to wanting to, um, to invest and to aggressively save is because I knew that after like being pregnant with my first son, and now I have three kids that I would not want to have to live a life or be away from them, um, doing something I didn't love. And then the reason for journey to launch was, so after listening to all these like amazing podcasts and, you know, your podcast was one of them, I said to myself, okay, I love hearing other people's story. So why not share my own story? I felt there was a need um, for a voice like mine in this space. Uh, And so I said, I'm going to share my journey. And I started sharing it. And of course, people were like, oh, my gosh, like, how are you doing this? You know, we want to know, too. And so not only did it become like accountability for me to actually keep going, it was like now I'm sharing with other people. And the bug just caught on where I was like, I love helping other people find out about this. I love helping people through this, you know, how can I do more? And it kind of morphed into Journey to Launch being the platform to not only share my experience to launching to financial independence and freedom, but helping other people along the way. I love that story. And really so inspiring because I do often get people writing into me, writing to me and saying, I want to, I want to transition into doing leaders, more leadership around an idea or a skill or like, you know, more thought leadership and how do I become quote unquote an expert? Should I go back to school? Should I get certified? And you did get certified. I don't have any certifications other than just life experience (laughs) and a journalism degree. Uh, But so I think what's inspiring is that you don't need to worry so much about like getting the titles and the credentials, like your life story, your experiences, your wins, your losses is credit enough. It's, it's interesting enough. It's attractive enough to get people into your, you know, into your community and, and wanting to learn more. What have you learned most about yourself as now a thought leader? Mm. Yeah. So I think in general, like that whole idea of being an expert, like I call myself an expert and, you know, I say it like as a positioning (laughs) um, part of like, you know, uh, making myself known in the the personal finance space. But I really do feel like people don't want necessarily 
the experts like talking to them. Like, yes, you, you want to be qualified. And I always say, if I don't know something, I don't know something. But in terms of what people want to hear, they want to relate to you. And so I think just like coming forth and like you said, like your life experience and sharing your story and learning more is really all you need as a starting point to like help you figure out like, you know, how you position yourself, if whatever industry, you know, you're thinking about doing. But I find that since starting Journey to Launch, so, you know, I have a podcast also and, you know, I do coaching and I've I'm 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 in the space where I'm not educating people like along this journey. I, I found that, you know, I, I always didn't have the confidence. Like when I first started, like, who am I to talk about this? You know, I, you know, I, I would hear other people and I was like, wow, they're so well-spoken and they have all these titles and, you know, I don't have any of that. Like, why would anyone listen to me? And I quickly found out that people just want to feel heard and they want to be understood and they want to feel that they can relate to you. Like they don't want you talking down to them. They want to talk with you. And so I find that I've learned that through this experience and, and through working with a lot of people is that most people just say, you know what, Jamila, I just find you really relatable. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. really? That's it. I mean, <laughs> obviously they're learning too. And, and, you know, they're getting inspiration, but they just, they, they just love that they can see themselves in me. And they're like, you know what, if you can do it, if you can figure out a way to do what you did, um, I can too. And so that's, what's really, I, I, I didn't realize how powerful, my testimony, my story could be for other people. The power in the testimony. I love that. And these days, there's so many ways to share it. You're very active on Instagram. You've got a huge following there. Your podcast, um, soon to be a collection of books. I'm just, I'm seeing it all for you. It's just <laughs> the beginning. Um, well, let's transition to some of the so money questions. And the first is, you know, what is your money mantra? There's a lot of advice out there. There are a lot of points of views. Where where do you try to differentiate? What's your financial philosophy? That's a little, um, you know, a little more nuanced. You know, like in the personal finance space, I think, you know, I like talking about this journey to financial independence, which I believe, you know, really doesn't need to be that, oh my gosh, like, you know, you need to like retire and never work again. And you need all this money to amass. And it's just this one goal that you're working towards. I like to say like, this is a real journey of financial freedom and independence. And so, yes, the ultimate goal is to have your investments work for you and never work again actively if you don't want to. But what we should be focusing on are the small wins along the way, which I think makes my content accessible to more people because, you know, I'm talking about, yeah, we're talking about paying off debt and we're going to talk about credit and we're going to talk about maybe buying your first home and the different levers or triggers you can pull to help you reach your goals. And so I like to look at it as, yes, we have this goal. I think we all want it to have the freedom to do what we want in life, would not worry about money. But then how do we how do we get there? What are the steps we can take? So I think it's important to look at the big picture, but let's break down the small wins, small things you need to do to get there. And so it's a journey that matters, not just the end point. And so which is why I kind of, you know, my company is called Journey to Launch, because it's really about the journey to launch, not just about the launch. Did it take a while to come up with like the brand? And, and did it come to you in the shower? Like, how did you <laughs> figure that out? You know, it's funny because, you know, I I actually had some resistance around sharing my personal story. It's like the one thing that really um, had me stand out and, and, and got me, you know, more following and, and people being more interested was when I started to share how much money we were saving. But before then I, I was like, Oh, I'll like, if I post on Instagram, I'll just do quotes. I won't show my face. Like, you know, I was, I was, I was more willing to be in the background. And so 
when I first started the name Journey to Launch, I wanted it to be more than just finances because I looked at my life and where I was and what I have accomplished. And I thought that, okay, it's more than just money. You know, it's like everything. It's fitness, money, health, like wellness, just overall life. And so initially it was supposed to just be uh, more general because you can launch into anything, which it still is. You can really, this is launching into anything with your life. But I figured, you know, this was, this can apply to so much. And so, you know, right now it's really applying to finances is what I talk about the most um, and, and what I focus on. But it was really just like, what is something that I can like use in the future for anything if I wanted to? Aha, thinking big. I like it. (laughs) Our sponsor is Chase Slate, and they did a study recently looking at the conversations that families have about money with their kids. And you already talked a lot about your upbringing and the lessons your mom shared. Um, What is your biggest money memory growing up as a kid or the biggest talk your mom had with you about money? Well, here's the thing. I think this is interesting that, you know, my mom actually never sat down and like had a money conversation with me. So it wasn't like, you know, she she wasn't equipped and she didn't know um, to have these conversations. She was just trying to, you know, make sure that she could pay the bills and like she wasn't thinking in the bigger scheme of things. And it's funny because although she didn't specifically talk to me about money, I luckily, because this doesn't happen for everyone, I luckily so saw through what she was doing, why it was so important to be smart about money. And I would say maybe it wasn't necessarily a straight on, you know, conversation, but what she did, one of the things she did for me that, you know, I'd, I mean, she's done so much for me, but one of the things she did was she, she actually helped me buy my first condo. So I, I put down, you know, I saved and I, I, all the money that I was working as an intern to be able to, to buy my first place in Dumbo, but she gave me money towards that. And I didn't like the fact that she even had money saved up, you know, from coming here at 20 years old and, you know, working minimum wage jobs and working her way up in, in her, and cause she's a social worker at a high school. So being able to even have enough money to give me, to help me fund my dreams was, was just an eye opener. Like I always knew that she, she didn't know everything. She didn't know to talk to me about money, but the fact that she was able to do that was such an inspiration. So it really instilled in me like, wow, not only am I going to, I feel like I've been given so much from her and my, you know, people before me and they had less than me. It made me feel like I surely can do more. So I can Mm -hmm. surely do more with my life and I can surely do more to set my kids up for a better life. If my mom was able to do all this. Speaking of kids, I am really impressed that you have a third child. I feel like the third child is really like, you're doing well. (laughs) Especially in New York. There was an article recently about how the middle child is becoming extinct, that couples are now just having zero to two children. And that, you know, more any more than that is like, you know, you just got to be like rolling in the dough or just being, you know, or you're – you have your 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 saint, you know, because kids are very need a lot require a lot of patience. Um, so, how was that always the goal? Yeah. Okay. So here's the funny thing. So I feel like you like. I know it's okay. Obviously, we saved a lot of money um, when, like, you talk about this whole launch at sixty nine thousand dollars. And for living in New York, yes, we make a good income. But my husband's a teacher. I shouldn't have said but. You know, like he <laughs> he's a teacher. He he has an amazing profession. But and he does well in terms of bringing money into the household. I would say that you know having kids, like we were always conscious of like you know I always said I wanted three kids. And it hasn't been easy. So we're definitely not rolling like in the dough. I think, you know, for us, 
we've made very um, um, specific decisions on like how to save money with having them. So, you know, I'd love to live in Dumbo. I'd love to live downtown Brooklyn. But right now we don't, you know, we couldn't afford like to really live there, like with everything around there, the things, the, how much things cost in the preschools, we couldn't afford to live there. So when we started to look for homes for like as a family, we looked on the other side of town where, you know, prices weren't that much as if we were to buy downtown Brooklyn. And we're very lucky to have um, family that helps out with childcare. Um, so that helps with the expenses. And when it comes to just like the cost, though, in general, there's some things you just like you can't like, you know, escape from because at the end of the day, like, you know, there are diapers, you know, there, there are things that like add up over time in the activities we want to do for them. And so it's a very conscious decision of, OK, how do we still give them a good life? But, you know, be smart about what we're spending money on, because I look at my mom and she didn't she wasn't able to do everything for me. But the little that she did did wonder. So I'm like, okay, so it's okay if my child is not in, you know, every single activity I want to put them in or in a, you know, a French, you know, fancy preschool. Like, I'd love that, but it'd be okay if they don't get that. And so it's always that like decision of, okay, where do we spend money? Where does it make sense? Um, Because, yes, having three kids in New York City is not a cakewalk. (laughs) <laughs> no, but I really respect what you said about I always wanted three kids. It's the priority and, you know, we're making trade-offs accordingly, but um we're also we're enjoying life or fulfilled. I think that's really inspiring and and I and I I say all that with, you know, in jest. Like you don't have to be rolling in the dough, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, um, I something's yeah. got to give. Like, you know, kids kids are really expensive. So you just said, you know, you have affordable childcare through family. That's huge. That's such a huge mm-hmm. help. And that's, you know, <laughs> well, I would say it's not free. We still pay, but it's right. not like, you know, we, luckily we have a, we have a place where she, ha- it's actually an apartment, like separate entrance, you know? So it's like, we're able to subsidize some of that, what we'd pay probably someone if they had to come and, you know, commute back and forth. Like it, it's definitely savings of money when you look at the whole, the whole picture. Yeah. Cool. All right. Your so money moment. Was it the, when you bought the apartment in Dumbo or is, is there a more recent one experience? Uh, I have to say nothing has topped buying the, the condo in Dumbo. Um, that has been my best financial move to date. And I'm like, oh, I'm always just so like happy that everything worked out the way it did with that. So that's my so money moment. And then your biggest money disappointment, your financial fail. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I know this is all cliche, like, okay, there's no failures. And, you know, we learn from everything. But I'd say there are a lot of things in my 20s I did that I wouldn't do now. Um, One was buying an expensive car, even with my long commute. So like having this expensive car, this 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 luxury like coupe um, and then like having to put premium gas in it to go like an hour and a half each way was not the smartest thing, but it was very exciting. So I do. En- I enjoyed that I did it, but I would never do that today. <laughs> was this the car where you had a, a breakdown in or, or? So I had a couple, I had a car that, yes, my first car, like it's literally stopped in the Holland tunnel. <laughs> um, no. That was like, that's my nightmare because I mean, you're stuck in a tunnel. You can't yeah, even- it was. You can't. It I mean, was horrible. Were you considering just like leaving your car there and walking? Out? I yeah, I wanted, yeah. but then that would have been so even more embarrassing. So you know, luckily it started. But no, this the the next car I bought. So I I figured, oh, my car broke down. It's time for a new one. And I was living the life single with you know you know no kids. So I did buy this luxury car and. You know, again, it's just crazy to think that I was spending that much money on gas, like on a weekly basis. I don't even want to like com- commute, like or compute how much it cost me. Wow. What is a habit that you or perhaps you and your husband practice, Jamila, that helps to keep your financial life 
on track. So you've saved a lot of money. Is there a bigger goal you're working towards and you're, you're doing some things now that you can share to kind of give us some behind the scenes? Mm, yeah. So I'd say that, you know, obviously everyone, a budget helps a lot and we budget, but I'd, I'd say that having this goal. So the fact that I want to create a lifestyle where I can still be product, a productive member of society, like help society and help my family. I feel like has led me to Journey to Launch and wanting to make this a, you know, like a profitable business. Um, so because of that, it funds this bigger dream of, okay, now as a mom with three kids and wanting to be more flexible with my time, like it's it, this lifestyle that I want is so important to me. And so it keeps me very focused on, on, creating this this plan and following it through for my family. Um, so I think that big picture of the life we want to live, where we're not, you know, in deprivation now, we're so happy, but that that big picture of this is what we can have, like if we keep on track, if we're smart with our money, you know, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, launching, you know, to launching this business and, and having it be what I want it to be and making this impact keeps me on task because I know that the bigger goal, like at the end of the day is that I want more time to spend with the people I love. I want more time to do the things I love and to make an impact in this world. You had mentioned fire earlier in the interview, financial independence, retire early, that big movement of people. Some of them have been on this show, people who like Mr. Money Mustache and others who've retired early. Is that still a goal? And uh, separately or maybe along the same lines, what is your savings rate? Mm, okay. So yes, fin- financial being financially independent is definitely still a goal. When I first started this whole platform, I said, okay, by the time I'm 40 years old, we're going to have reached this goal. And, you know, you know I'm going to be able to do whatever it is I want to do. That since has changed, actually, because, you know, since starting Journey to Launch, I've, I find that my the way I want to go about reaching financial independence has changed. And so before when I started, you know, it was this idea of, you know, working at my job for you know longer time and saving and squirreling away money. And now since I find something that I really do believe is my like my purpose and passion, I want to be able to do it through journey to launch. And so that might slow down like the process of how long it takes because, you know, I, if this means then now maybe stepping back from my, my high paying career, like, you know, to follow this, then I might, I, our savings rate will have to decline. We'll have to like, we will have to fund our money or not save as much in the way we were. And so it's still a goal, but it's a little different now in how I intend to reach it. Because like, as I said before, the journey itself, like, yes, we all want this journey of being financially free, but I don't want to be miserable on the path to doing it. And so it's like finding that balance of how can I, you know, do work that makes me happy, but obviously pay the bills because we have kids, we have a mortgage. And so it's figuring that out. So it's there, but it's a little elongated, I believe. Or what can happen is it can actually accelerate, right? So hopefully what I'm happy, what I hope to happen is that through following my passions, I'm able to reach financial independence earlier. And then in terms of our savings rate, so when we were saving those, that amount of money, like it was about half of our um, income. And again, since probably changing our strategy a bit, it's, you know, it's going to go down because now we're, now we're concerned about just being able to, to, to pay our expenses while I'm able to pursue journey to launch as my full-time business. Yeah. Half is very aggressive, (laughs) although it's not uncommon. I hear that a lot from people who've retired early. No one who's ever been living in New York City, P.S. The fire movement is something that really more often, more often uh, we see examples 
you know, 20 miles outside of a big city mm. or mm-hmm. Midwest, um, middle America, much easier in some ways, especially if maybe you're working for employers that are based in big cities because then they can still get the big paycheck. I agree. I mean, I think, too, that's one of the things that um, comes up a lot is that, you know, how can you do this in a high cost of living area and with kids? Um, And like, to be honest, like, you know, obviously income to me is a driving factor. And so if you're going to be in New York City and you're it's it's or anywhere, San Francisco, any of these high cost of living areas, like I I think focusing on income is very important while keeping your expenses moderate. And uh, so we're not you know, we're not too frugal. Like there are things we just don't spend money on because we're just really simple in that way, but we still go out to eat. What are some of those non-negotiables or like, yeah, like things you're just not going to spend money on? Oh, that we're not going to spend money on. So we're very like cheap or just like, we don't care about clothes. Oh, I should speak for myself. It's funny because I think this is an interesting dynamic. I don't care about clothes or the luxury cars or the things, right? My husband, I believe he's totally on board. Like he's comfortable where we are now, but I know that he'd want a nice car. Like again, so we both had nice cars in our twenties and like now we have more economical cars and we're very, like we're smarter. But one of, I think his like goals again, or dreams would be to have like, like a nice sports car. Right. And so that's totally like not necessarily the traditional like fire thought or like what you hear in the fire community, except for that, you know, I feel like if you can afford to, you know, incorporate your dreams or whatever it is that like that makes you happy, whether that's a car or going out to eat or nice bags. I think that's okay. I think it's just then I'll being smart about, okay, so if I'm going to like work towards that goal, how does this affect everything else? And so while like getting a luxury car right now isn't in the like cards for us, I feel like maybe one day it will be, you know, I'm not going to judge him for not having that, but it's all these like things that you think about, okay, like how do you then like now reach this goal, like living in such a place and with a partner who has different like priorities, like, you know, it's, it's definitely been a, a conversation and a dance like to, to get right. And we don't have it completely figured out, but I, I love that. Like we're figuring it out. We're sharing it with people along the way. And, you know, that's the whole goal. I want more diversity in the fire movement because I sort of feel like the the caricature of who's in the fire movement is like someone who lives in like uh, in a homestead on a hundred acres, like in a log cabin and makes their own clothes, you know, and maybe they were like they worked for Google for 15 years and saved 80 percent of their income. Then they moved to, you know, some you know remote part of the country and started growing their own fruit and vegetables. But you know, they're also here in Brooklyn and in Philadelphia and in urban parts of the country driving fancy cars. Don't hate us, you know, right. but we're we're living the dream on our terms. We've made the good money, we've saved it, we've invested it, and we're giving back and I think that's important to see and to share those stories as well because You know, I've been doing this a little bit longer. Like I started out in, you know, mid, pretty much around the recession is when my financial personal brand kind of got out there more. And um, one of the things that I always wanted to commit to was never sending this message out there that there's this one way to have your financial life that you necessarily have to kind of do it this way. And that, oh my gosh, you want to buy a Rolex or you want to get a fancy car or you want to go on a, you want to splurge on a five-star hotel. Like that's frivolous or that's silly. Like I never wanted to let people feel, um, I never undermine people's financial goals. I, my goal, 
my hope is that I'm just giving them the strategies to put it in context and to think about how to still achieve that, but be responsible at the same time. And I think that's that's why I like you a lot is because I think you share that sentiment. It's not about judging or saying that this is definitely the way to do it or my way or the highway, right? Um, no pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. There are definitely yeah. financial experts out there that do it that way. We know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not like that. And I just like that the fact that like this, this whole movement. So when I talk about like the whole financial independent movement, like my goal is to make it more accessible to more people. Because a lot of times when I start talking there, there are a lot of people who did like not even know that this was possible. I didn't know this was possible, you know, until I was in my 30s. And so I feel like first to, to put myself out there, to be like a voice for for other people to see that it can be done is like very important to me. And I think it's very important to also acknowledge that everyone starts at a different point. And so while I talk about saving, like, or I, that I talked about saving a lot of money, like that might not be possible for a lot of people. And that's okay. It's not like, not everyone has to save 50%. I think it's just doing your best. And it's all relative to your income and your situation. Like if you have no kids versus if you have five kids, you know, like, or if you're making 100,000 versus 30,000, your, your journey is going to look different. Especially if you have debt and you have to get out of, you know, the the hole first, you know, and build your net worth. So there's so many like points to like this journey. And I just want everyone to feel like, listen, there is a space for you. Like it might take longer. It's going to look different, but there's a space and you can do it, too. If you if you if you keep trying, if you keep going. Yeah, it's all up to you. I think that's the bottom line, right? Like no one's more responsible or cares more about your money than you. That's so that's in some ways could be scary, but it's also very I see that as very liberating. Like I actually mm. have it, the the potential to do what I want in my financial life. I know there are gonna be some hardships and roadblocks and I I have maybe some um limiting mind, you know, beliefs to get over, but it's but it's get overable. Right. All right, let's do some so many fill in the blanks, Jamila. This is like I just start a sentence and you finish it. First thing that comes to mind. If I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is take a vacation. Yeah. Are you uh, are you lacking in that department a little bit? You're overworked, do you feel? I think so. I mean, it's no fun traveling with a four year old, a two year old and a three month old. <laughs> but, you know, really? so I would. I mean, yeah, you should know. Right. <laughs> like it's craziness. So I definitely would. I'd like plan two vacations, one for the family and like bring along other family to help us. And then just one for my husband and I. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I splurge, I like to spend my money on. Oh, Lord. Uh, food, like going out to eat. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite restaurant right now in your neighborhood or like favorite kind of cuisine? Do you guys have like a go to or a place that you order from or you go? Yeah, I mean, so not so much. Again, it's not that enjoyable with the kids. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of like that's helpful when you have kids. It like deters you from like eating out a lot. Um, but we we love I love Mexican. Mm-hmm. And so anything that has like an enchilada and a mojito, like I'm there. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Margarita with salt, extra lime. Yeah. All right. Um, when I donate, I like to give to blank because... Ooh, I like to donate back to my community. So, you know, answering questions, just like, you know, making sure I'm present. I, I feel like that is important. And so that's because I know if I was in that situation, if I didn't know something, I'd want someone to take the time to do that for me. That's nice. Yeah. Again, being accessible. It's, it's really important. And last but not least, I'm Jamila Souffrant, founder of Journey to Launch. I'm so money because... 
I'm scrappy. I think my past um, being born in Jamaica, raised in Brooklyn has allowed me to be very resourceful and resilient. And I've been able to do a lot with that. I think you should write about that, you know, like it's like a blog or uh, Instagram post, like, you know, why scrappy is so money or something like that, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that sounds cool. Scrap from scrappy to so money. Um, (laughs) That's great because I think a lot of people would relate to that and appreciate that. Jamila, thank you so much. We're going to have you back on for a co-hosting to answer some questions. I think that. I need more Jamila on the So Money podcast. Oh, that would be amazing for our news. You don't understand how much like this has been an honor to be on this. So thank you so much. To learn more about Jamila and check out her podcast, go to journeytolaunch.com and you can follow her on Instagram at journeytolaunch. If you missed any of this, no worries. Just head over to somoneypodcast.com. There you can also send me a question for our Friday episodes by clicking on Ask Farnoosh. And please join me on Instagram, having lots of fun there. Lots of people asking me questions by using the direct message feature on Instagram. And I usually answer pretty fast on the go. So if you've got a pressing question, that's a good place to find me. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope your day is so money. Money.